0: Hey everyone, it's Nicole Snow. I'm the owner over at darngoodyarn.com, and today I have Mary Ballard with me for our Wine Down Wednesday. And we might not—it might not even be Wednesday when you're listening to this. And I don't actually have wine today, so this is a very <laughs> funny start to our show. Um, but Mary has an awesome business, um, and I'm so excited that she's on our show today. Um, so she owns Goldfinch Woven, and um, I've actually purchased things from her in the past. I have—I think I've three three or four necklaces I think I have three necklaces from you
1: yeah
0: I think are like they're so beautiful and people are always want to touch them and it's kind oh, of thanks. and I'm like please don't touch my boobies but yeah. <laughs> but they're so cool and there's there's I really love your stuff I mean you make large form you know woven products as well and I wanted like really dive into that um because in the past we've had knitters and crocheters on on the um, show. And this is our, you're our first weaver, so. Aww, thanks. Yay. Um, <laughs> but I really, I'm really excited to hear everything, like all about what you're doing because the work that you make, I mean, its it's truly fine art. And I love that you, I could tell that you really have your business game down because you have this large, these large format pieces that I think people are more like used to seeing like scarves and things like that. And then I love the fact that you were smart enough to just make these small, pieces of jewelry that you, so you can still integrate that fiber art into your outfit. Yeah. Um, but for you as an entrepreneur, you know, I'm thinking it's not taking as long and I bet your margins are pretty, pretty great on them, which is awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A little bit more affordable. It's like the beginning, the beginning piece, like you start small and then work your way up.
0: Yeah. I think that's, um, you know, that's, I, I love, and I, I knew, I knew exactly what you were doing, but I always, <laughs> when I work with independent artists, I'm like, Hey, you know, like, I know you want to sell this 200 or 300 or, you know, a thousand dollar piece, but like someone who just wants to get to know you, you have to give them like a little sampler. Like you have to give them an appetizer before you give them the full steak meal. right?" Right. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. And I think the pieces are beautiful. Like, oh, so if you're not familiar, um, well, I'm going to tell everyone that they need to follow you on Instagram. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, they need to, because whenever I see it, I'm like, oh, she's at it again. And you take such beautiful, rich photos and the angles on them and they're clear and they're just, they're so rich and lush. Like you can feel the texture through your phone. So I love that. We, you can um, talk to me every day. This is the greatest ego boost I've had. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I re- I I I'm not I'm not just saying that either. Like I've been I it's funny cuz I like to usually buy things from people that we work with but like under just like my name and sometimes they don't even right. know it's me. Um and then they're like, "Oh, you own my stuff." Like, "Oh, I, you know, it's cool." <laughs> so, Mary, um tell me a little bit about your, you know, let's just start from the top. Like tell me about your craft experience how you got into the fiber art world um, and a little bit of like what's going on right now.
1: Well, I actually way back in a time called the 90s, I set out to be a fine artist. So I went to CCS here in Detroit and I actually uh, was going to be a painter. So I focused in painting and printmaking. Um, and then, you know, life kind of took a couple turns and I actually ended up working in the fashion industry for about 10 years. Um, and then, you know, just that need to create something cause I didn't have a studio space. And so I picked up knitting needles and yarn and started knitting and that kind of turned into like a little side business, um, with making some stuff and, um, that turned into felting. And then I would actually had a little business where I was making a bunch of kids stuff. So I was like felting like little gnomes and things like oh, that. Oh, cool, cool. I'm doing okay with that when my first born was kind of young. And um, I ended up being a stay-at-home parent because of the recession, because the advertising industry just tanked. And so there wasn't a job for me to go back to. Um, So I was at home and making stuff. And then after my second daughter was born, it was kind of like, well, do I go back to work or do I try to make something really happen? And I just wasn't feeling the kids' stuff anymore. I wanted to try something new. And so I uh, started leaving um, because it was something I I always wanted to do but I was too intimidated by it because like it just looked like the resilient strings on the looms and all these mm-hmm. pedals and I was like well if I don't do it now I'm not going to have a chance to do it so I kind of forced myself yeah to, uh, to buy a rigid huddle loom and start small and kind of work my way up and now it's like I have three or four looms in my studio <laughs> and I want more and um yeah it's just been a journey of just you know well I guess this is where I'm at and we're going to see what happens and see where we can take it
0: that's cool. So you have three rooms, how big is your studio?
1: Um, it's actually just a spare bedroom, like in our house. So there's also like, in the, we have a futon mm-hmm. and an elliptical machine over there. And so I have like half the room to myself and I'm trying to squeeze everything in here right now. And it's it's very cramped.
0: Now you said you said it's a mess right now, right? Before we hopped on. Um, yeah. You're getting ready for a show this weekend, right?
1: Yeah, it's the first show of the holiday season. And it's actually my first show I've done as a weaver. And so it's kind oh. of starting from scratch and you know, getting my booth ready and making sure I have enough because it's kind of like, what do I do? I don't know what people are gonna want in person. Yeah, I've done some retail stuff before, but it, you know, it's different when it's in a store setting as opposed to like you're here for six hours and people are coming and buying directly from you and touching everything and asking you questions. and
0: Put some yeah. Purell out in the, in, the, in the front so everyone can keep their hands clean before they touch everything. Right,
1: I know, it's cold <laughs> and flu season. Everything's gonna be wiped down with alcohol.
0: Yeah, just like anything that's sticky. I, I remember like when I used to do shows and I'm like, and you would see people come in and you you know, they were just eating popcorn or something, you're like, Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so you, 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 you have, I have a lot of questions that I think our viewers would really be interested in. I know we have um, a couple of makers that follow us. So, um, my first is, so you're, um, you sell in shops right now, prim- primarily, right?
1: Yeah, I have, um, I have an Etsy store, but I'm really bad at updating it. And I just, you know, I like the idea of Etsy, but it can be really tough unless you invest a lot of time mm-hmm. and money and tags and everything like that to really get the followers that are there. Um, so I've had really good success with a couple of retail shops um, that, you know, it's nice because it's such a tactile thing where it's like you can't, you don't want to buy like a $100 scarf, $200 scarf online when you don't know what it feels like. on your skin and so i think giving people the opportunity to go in and touch stuff and see stuff and try it on because you can't be everywhere all the time it's it's a really nice opportunity and i like i like that yeah so there's a couple stockists in the detroit area
0: so so how did you um so what i love about this is that this is like old school business not in a bad way i think people think immediately like i'm going to be a maker i need to be on etsy i need to be on all of these platforms and um you know we were talking about before we started you know this idea of self promotion right. um and that can, it can be daunting on etsy like i used to sell on etsy um too and i understand like there's a huge time commitment and oh um,
1: you can't make anything if you're going to be posting individual listings yeah
0: exactly exactly and I, I i i do agree with you um and i love the i love that you were like okay i'm going to go and hit up some shops and get into some shops um, and in a way that helped you just sort of say, okay, off, it sounds like you were able to offload your inventory, um, in, in a meaningful channel. Like, I, I think you, like you, you figured that out that you have a higher price point item, right. And you, right. you can have that, um, that outlet. Tell me, because I think that again, like I said, like people just say automatically, okay, I'm going to go to Etsy or eBay or maybe not eBay, but Etsy at least to go sell, um, what, what sort of the old school way to do it? Like, how did you make those first contacts? And then I think the other thing that we get a lot of questions about is how did you figure out your pricing for wholesale so that you're still making, you know, your margins so that you can continue right. on with your business? Cause you've been, you've been doing this for, for quite a while.
1: I've, for about three years and yeah. I've been selling steadily for probably the last two. Um, pricing is always tricky because it's not, Weaving isn't something that it's like, you know, you can get through really quickly. You know, it takes like a whole day to dress the loom. And then, you know, there's weaving it in the process and the material. So it's not cheap. There's not like, you know, a lot of room for overhead with it. Um, so it's hard, I mean, it's it's a fine balance. I think that's the one thing that's really good about retail working with retailers is that because they're there and they know their customers and they they have a better idea of kind of what your stuff is worth and you're Mm -hmm. able to kind of change it, but it's not Priced high enough, then you know you can kind of fluctuate in between and get some feedback from them. Um, you know the formula is supposed to be like, is it like two times times cost plus time or something? It, it's just it's so fuzzy. I think as long as I'm making money back with a little bit to go in so I can reinvest in the business, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I stick to. I mean, I think some of my stuff should be priced a lot more than it is, but at the same time, people aren't going to buy it because it's pretty rare. You're going to have someone who really appreciates fiber arts that's going to come in and be like yes here's all this money for the okay. scarf um and you need to have things that are obtainable i mean it's not walmart prices it's not target mm-hmm. prices um because there is a handicraft to it and there's a lot of time that goes into it um so it's it's a fine balance but working with retailers has really helped um you know so because-
0: do you and i know me to cut you off but like do you have a conversation yeah. with the re like mm-hmm. with the store owner like what like I'm really interested to know, like, how did you make maybe your, your your initial connection, um, Actually, I, think no, I think that's yeah. right. Like, you know, like you have a little bit of the background from like your earlier days, like after college, it sounds like with the fashion industry, mm-hmm. but I, I personally would be like intimidated to make an appointment with a store owner.
1: Yeah. Like, well, it's because I've gone into a couple and they're like, this isn't priced high enough. Like, you need to price it more. And I was like, I don't know what to do <laughs> because you don't want to drive people away. And then, um, I don't know, I kind of, I find the retailers that, I, that I've that i talked to, most of them I have met through Instagram, which is really cool. great. It's a great visual platform. You don't have to really put in a lot of things. You know, people can see it. They can see the work. They can see the process. I think it's easier for people to understand the work that goes into it as opposed to just seeing pictures of the finished product. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think gives a little bit more of a value to yeah. to what you do to your handicraft. Um, and then, but yeah, it's it's a combination of materials and then the market that you're into and who's your target audience. Um, so it's, it's definitely, it's a process and it's not something that you wake up one day and you're like, I'm going to price this for $25 and you know, that's what it's worth. You know, things can start out at 25 and then go up to 50 and then go back down to 40. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of seeing where you're at at the time in the market and who's buying it, like who's, yeah. who's interested in the item.
0: I think, I think that's, I think that's a really valuable point. I remember like similar, like having a similar story when I first started out. I mean, even cost change as well. Like we're doing more with like importing. So we're dealing with like taxes changing and tariffs changing, but you know, you start out at one price and then as you get into it, you're like, oh, wait, I have this taxes thing to pay for. Oh, I have employees. You know, you have these other overheads that need to go into what the actual price of the product is. So there's all this value add that goes into it. And you have to be like kind of nimble and and allow for that change and not be so rigid with it. Um, Yeah, when, with your, um, so we were talking a little bit, like I said, before we hopped on live here about self-promoting. So you do Instagram, right? And you're like, you're like the, you, 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 you proclaim to me that you're like the, uh, not the self promoter. Oh no,
1: I I can't. No, I can't talk about myself. I can't sell myself
0: at all. So so let's, I, I think this is, to me is really interesting because I, you know, we have almost all women here as well, like at Darn Good Yarn. And, um, and I, I, I struggle with it as well. Do you think this is like a women's issue? Do you think this is a Mary issue? Um. (laughs) What do, you, what do you think that? It might
1: be a little bit of both. Um, no, I mean, I've always been kind of like the shy introvert type kind of kid. And it's like, the one thing I liked about, you know, studying fine art was that everything was objective. And like, you know, you'd have a critique and you put it up and people would basically tell you what they thought of it. And it's like, you know, and they nitpick. It, and you'd have to defend your choices, but you didn't go up and be like, oh, Look at this painting that I made or look at this print that I made and you know isn't it wonderful isn't it great don't you want to buy it it's kind of like here it is and I it's um it's hard for me to to put myself up and be like you know this is great this is really good because I'm expecting I don't know maybe I've been trained just to like expect that criticism and that nitpicking for everything um And when I've contacted people about like, hey, do you want to like put my stuff in your store? It's like, do you like it? Do you think I'd be a good fit? Um, I'm just, I've never been that assertive when it comes to my own stuff. And I don't know if it's just, you know, artists are their own worst critics, um, which might be part of it too. But I do think, you know, and I think, you know, having two daughters myself, it's like, we're starting to like, I'm trying to grow Train them to break out of it, and it works with them. And so sometimes, like, I have to take the the own advice that I'm giving the kids, and be like, "Hey, I'm awesome. Like, I'm really good. And some days, I'm on a roll with it. Other days, I'm like, nobody likes anything. Why am I doing this? Like, I should just go get a job (laughs) and sell everything off."
0: You're you're not you're not alone. I had I had a moment this morning. I was like, I'm just gonna go get a tiny house, and um, I I think I'm done.
1: (laughs) Right. I'm going off the grid
0: you know but i think this is it's like and i have a daughter as well so and i think about like lessons that i want her to learn or not learn from me and this idea of censorship i think we you know the the self-promoting i don't know if i don't want to just you know say okay this is just a women's issue but i think we're taught to like okay you know make make nice you know Mm -hmm. we don't don't rock the boat and that is especially as an artist and i'm almost like a um I'm, I'm one-off. I'm like a one-off artist because I feel like I'm supplying, I'm supplying the supply. Right. But I still have to put some of like my artistic, um, acumen into the actual design and what's coming out, like in terms of the yarn to provide to everyone. Um, and you get into this place of going like, okay, these are all the reasons why we can't sell this yarn because this, 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 this. this. And my, my one thing that's always come back and I, I've been taught is that, um, when I stripped off that censorship and I said, you know what, let's just put it out there and test it yeah. and let the market decide the, the results have always been much more interesting. And so right. very surprising to me, you know, um, was there ever a time where do you think that it's held you back like that censorship and that not wanting to self-promote held you back?
1: Yeah, I think there's probably been like some opportunities, um, you know, where I've been like, oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough to like maybe apply for this show or to enter something into this, you know, textile show or something like that because, you know, it is, it's really easy, especially, you know, one of the drawbacks of the social media's right now is that you have all these other people that you can visually compare yourself to, constantly. And it can be pretty overwhelming. And it's like, you know, you kind of just got to do you. Like, this is what you're doing. And this is what you do good. And this is what you like to do. And um, you just got to kind of own it and take it. I think it's like, we have like a little plaque in our house. Like it's like an Abraham Lincoln quote. That's like, whatever you are, be a good one. And so like, that's what it's like, okay, well, this is who I am. So I'm going to be a good one. Like, this is what I do. And, you know, you do have to to own it and, uh, you know, (laughs) put it out there. You just got to rip it off (laughs) and do it.
0: It's, it's hard. I think though, you know, we were talking about this in uh, one of my last shows. It's like, it's sort of like this muscle. Like I think there are these uncomfortable things and being an entrepreneur and and owning your own business, like that uncomfortable self-promotion thing. It sucks the first 25 times you do it, but it's a muscle. Like I I think that there are these muscles that self-promoting I think is a muscle that I think we can all, you know, as women, especially, um, And being in that entrepreneur seat because you're generally by yourself, right? Most Mm -hmm. of the time and you're, you're sort of navigating on your own. Um, You have to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to break out as a not censor and and just see what happens. Um, But, you know, I want to share something. I was uh, listening to a book last night. Uh, I I was in the car for a while and uh, it was talking about, um, it's this book called Traction. So it's a business growth book. I'm a nerd and that's what I do with my time. <laughs> I listen to business books driving up the Northway in here in New York. But um, one of the quotes was, uh, it was around this idea where you have the sun, right? And it produces I don't know, megawatts. I know I'm using the wrong term, but all this energy, right? So if you stand out in the sun, you stand there, you'll get a little sunburn, right? But And it's all these watts of energy and you get a little sunburn. But if you were to take a couple of those watts, and direct it into one little small spot and focus again like on you like you're talking about you doing you but focus it on that one small thing with laser focus that's what a laser runs off of. it's just a couple watts of energy right so you think about that contrast where you try to be everything to everyone yeah. and all you get is a little sunburn but if you can you can do it yeah focus right you can cut through things you can cut through diamonds you know and mm-hmm. I was like man that's a very powerful you know visual analogy to me that you know, the Instagrams are great. And yeah, I think we all like to be on social media and see whatever and make connections, but there's a time to almost, okay, shut it off and mm-hmm. get back to doing you. Cause that's what, as an artist, that's what makes you so unique. And right. that's how you yeah. offer your piece to the world. No,
1: you don't want to go around, uh, you know, imitating everyone else. You got to kind of find your group and see what you do. And you have to be patient with yourself. Like, I think it's really easy. I think, especially as a, a working mom, you probably get it too. It's like, you have all these ideas of things that you're going to do and here's my to-do list and here's what I'm going to accomplish and this is my short-term goal and this is my long-term goal and then a
0: the somewhere here yeah, right. yeah. Like, <laughs> here
1: and my phone is just full of lists and lists and lists like there's like 50 lists and I'm just like what is this why did I write this down like because it's something that I'm never going to be able to accomplish right now and you can kind of file it away like well maybe one day i'll try writing that pattern book or maybe one day i'll you know apply for this big show or one day i'll do something like this but right now i just have to you know if my kid gets sick that's gonna throw everything off for a while or if you know life happens and like you know kids have a way of you know jumping in when you think you hit a group and being like guess what like you can't do everything you thought you could do and Sometimes I can honestly find myself being a little resentful that it's like, you know, I don't get to have, you know, these crazy weeks where I'm just in the studio making all this stuff. It's like, oh, I have to go and do the dishes or I have to go fold laundry or I have to go pick the kids up from school when I've really hit a good groove on something. Um, But at the same time, that's why I'm able to do this. And that's how I'm here. Like if I didn't have my kids and have that time at home to really think about what I wanted to do and be as an artist, I wouldn't be where I am now. So it's just, you know, it's, it's a weird, you know, serendipitous, you know, path that's brought me here.
0: So I'm going to call, I'll I'll call you for your pep talk on self-promotion. You have to call me on what you just talked about, because I feel like I deal with that all the time now where it's, you know, I love, I love my daughter, right? Oh yeah. You know, the old Nicole was like, oh, 16 hours of working a day. Like that, that was my happy place. And now Uh it's like, all right, I have 30 minutes and go like, And then that's all I have for this. because
1: you want you want to be able to get all this stuff done in your mind. I think it was a few years ago. I think the New York Times, I want to say, had this really great um, essay that someone wrote about. Can can moms be great artists? And I'm totally paraphrasing it here, but it was really good because it's really hard to switch back and forth. Because I think a lot of people with the creative mind, it's like when you are in the zone, like you hyper focus yeah and it's really hard to break out and you know after having kids for two years after each of my daughters were born it's like it was hyper focused mom and then you step out one day and you're like who am i like where do i belong and so yeah. but then you really get into like the artist mode like right now like you know everything in my studio is a mess and there's just yarn everywhere and all i want to do is finish making this stuff up for you know these events i have coming up and it's really hard to snap back into that mom mode and be like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, let's pack you a nutritious lunch and, you know, make sure that, you know, your shoes are clean and your fingernails are clipped because right now it's like, I'm hyper-focused on all of this. So it is really hard to define to that. Like there's no balance. Like, it's so funny. people like how do you find balance? You don't find balance. You can't. It's just like swing a pendulum from one side to the other. And it's great extremes all the time.
0: Yeah. I, uh, that's, yeah, I completely like, <laughs> I'm totally on Team Mary right now because I feel like I'm the same way. Like the elasticity of the mind that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, God, if we can bottle that up, we—you know—motivational right. speakers, we'd be. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> because it is. It, I I think that it's um, there isn't balance. Like, how old are your children?
1: They are ten and six, so they're older now. But you know, it's like they get more independent, but then there's more stuff that comes in too. Yeah. So you know, there's extracurricular activities, and you have the social things you have to deal with, and you know, all all of that fun stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't know if there really is a balance is there? There's not. Are there any hacks? Like hacks? Are there any hacks that you so you know you're talking about making lists? Like I make a ton of lists, and I yeah. I actually just cleaned up my desk today. I'm like, okay, these are all my goals, and try to segment that. Um, any hacks that you found that? get you into your studio a li- just a little bit longer?
1: Gosh, no, well, I mean, I guess it's easier if you put the phone down. Like I think that's something that a lot mm-hmm. of people struggle with nowadays is you gotta like put down the phone, like get off oh. Facebook and you know, all that stuff and like really concentrate on like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this now and I'm gonna, you know, get the housework done so I can do this. Cause that's one of the hard things about being a home-based person. When you're working at a home, you can't really leave everything behind. It's like you're not going off to work. so. People have expectations when they come home about like, well, why isn't this picked up and why isn't this done?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna because correct you. You can do that. It's called shutting the door. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't have to look at it all day. <laughs> so yeah, that's it's it's hard to do, but you know, and then you know, you do have to draw boundaries for yourself too, which can I think be really hard too. I think when you're talking about being assertive enough to promote yourself, being assertive enough to protect that space around you. And what you need to do in your creative space instead of taking all of that work and that load on you know or i think realizing like you can do this on your own or this can wait and really prioritizing stuff and just you know it's it's a lot easier said than done but just letting all the noise go away because right. i think especially as women and mothers it's easy for a lot of that noise to get stuck to
0: you oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. absolutely i think you know you talk about like a clean house and you know you didn't not quite please. say it, but like, it's sort of the, the, the gender roles and stuff like that. And I remember having, you yeah, know, I just recently, my husband's watching, um, <laughs> but having, having this conversation with him though, like, you know, I understand, you know, like your mom did an awesome job and right. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and try to compete with your mom because she was like a superwoman, right. but I'm like, not that person. And, <laughs> um, and so this idea of reestablishing, um, Expectations and creating some agreements around, okay. I know you want the kitchen clean, you can do that. Like, because I right. need to just have that extra time so I can focus on this, um, and, and establishing that boundary and kind of lowering I don't want to say not living in a pig's tie, but lowering just the, the tight, like the cleanliness expectations. Right? I think we sometimes hold ourselves up to this, like, oh, everything has to be folded, and you're like, okay,
1: yeah, no, it's not, it's not going to be folded. No, it's um, not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, so when you look at shows again, I think like our listeners would be interested in this. So you found like wholesale venues, which I think is super cool because you know, the, the amount of time it takes to go do a show is, you know, it's a lot And you're, you're going through like the hustle right now. And I appreciate right. you taking like a precious like hour with me, half hour with me, um, and sharing your story with us. But how did you, how do you vet shows that you, you do wind up going to what's your process?
1: Well, I'm lucky enough I have, you know, a group of friends that that are makers around here. And Detroit has a really um, awesome like indie craft scene. Okay. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of events that have been going on for a while from big to small. It's a lot through like word of mouth. Um and you know, having kids at home, like I can't do like the big shows that are like, you know, three days in a row. Yeah. And you know, and I think having something that's not as easy to mass produce, like nothing I make is mass produced. Everything's one of a kind um i can't build up a ton of inventory easily and Mm -hmm. have all this stuff ready to go for something like that so it has to be something where i have to think about you know what who's what's the draw for the show like um what kind of people are is it going to be like the young hipsters is it going to be like the older, established you know um well-to-do women Mm -hmm. is it going to be kind of like a general you know bit of everything or is it going to be something that's a little bit more artistic you know what's the demographic that i'm going for um you know what's the the price point that's gonna work for that crowd mm-hmm. and what's the commitment gonna be and also what's the application fee and the booth fee because yeah. that can be really hard when you're first starting out to do this stuff like can you afford to spend five hundred dollars on a booth fee if you don't know if people are gonna buy your stuff. Yep. Um so it's right now I've done I've picked a couple good ones that are just one one day here or there because I you know I love my husband and he needs his downtime too. And so to be like, hey, you're going to have the kids for three days in a row while I go off and do this stuff, you know, that's that's really hard to, to balance right now. Yeah. Um, you know, in a few years when the kids are older, that might work. But right now it's going to be, you know, one day here, one day there with some time in between so I can vacuum and do all that yeah. other mom stuff that
0: I'm supposed to do. But I think, I think it's great, though, that though that you've, you've realized that and said, okay, this is like how much energy I have. And then I'm going to just find these ways and, and and make it and make it work mm-hmm. and, and wriggle around that. I think that's I think you're being realistic with yourself. But the thing that I the the thing that I'm hearing too is that you have figured out other sales channels though to backfill into um, potential revenue streams, which is actually yeah. it's decreased your risk. So if you were just sitting here saying, okay, I've carved out time for these three days and then you could potentially only just focus on those three day shows, right? right. Then you would let leave off the wholesale, the wholesale accounts that you've been able right. to, to set up, um, as a business person, I would say like, you kind of have the best of both worlds going on mm-hmm. because you, you potentially have, um, you've smoothed out some of your sales cycle as well. Right. Um, cause you're getting stuff into shops year round. It sounds like,
1: yeah, it's nice to have that, that trickle of income coming in.
0: Yeah, um, because,
1: you know, the Etsy orders can be far, like I said, I'm really bad at putting stuff up on Etsy. I've started to build my own website, but then I stopped because other stuff comes in, um, you know, so it's hard, it's hard to do that. And it's like, you know, as a small business owner, when it's just one person making something, you can't afford a marketing team, to, like go off and get all this stuff for you. Cause that's a lot. And I have some great friends who, you know, work in advertising and have helped me with logos or, you know, my sister-in-law works in marketing and I'll bounce ideas off of her, but I can't afford to pay them to do this stuff for me. Um, that'd be great. But then I'd also have to keep up with, the work and the demand that that was. And it's just, it's just me. I'm one person and there's only so much I can do. Um, So yeah, it is, you do have to be realistic or otherwise you're just, you're just going to kill yourself, you know, trying to meet all these expectations and deadlines. And it's really, really hard to do, but yeah, you have to be honest. Yeah. You don't want to be the person who signs up for all this stuff and then drops out because you're like, oh, I don't have anything.
0: That's me. I'm just learning (laughs) now how to say no to things.
1: Right. It's very important to learn how to say no. I think that's the best thing you can do is just be like, no, that's not going to work for me. Because I I think it's really easy to be like, oh, well, I I should do this or I need to do this and try to live up to all these commitments. And it's like, well, if I don't want to do that and I'm not going to have fun and it's going to stress me out, I'm not going to do it.
0: Right right there's good stress and then there's the
1: bad stress yeah
0: exactly exactly so I wanna I wanna we're gonna wrap things up in the next like six minutes or so you have some things behind you I think you know for people who are watching maybe not listening I would love it if you showed some folks who are not familiar with your with what you make just maybe one of the things you're working on if you want to describe it and we'd love to hear like you know how how and where you get your inspirations from Um, yeah yeah.
1: these are all fun stories um well let's see okay i'm gonna pull so this this is actually this is recycled silk from darn good yarn Ooh. wow we this
0: i swear actually. everyone that was not product placement <laughs> like that, I, you didn't even know i was going to ask like really ask you to do this no and i was
1: just people. trying to make it look kind of nice in the back so it wasn't no, chaos exactly. like it was earlier this morning um no actually um like that's how i i got in touch with you guys to begin with and started making patterns and stuff for you is because i was using a lot of your yarn I think in kind of unusual ways, because a lot of people I don't think weave with recycled no. sari silk, which they should because it's awesome. Um, and uh, But I love the stuff, like I love the stuff. I'm always so excited like, to get packages from you guys or to work with you guys, because it's like, oh, there's more stuff from you! <laughs> and the colors are great and the textures are great. Um, but you know, this is, it's recycled sari silk and organic cotton And it's um, a little unusual because the sari silk is the warp, which is pretty hard to work with. Um, because you know it's got knots and it's very thick and bulky but this is a nice little scarf that we have that but the texture and the colors in it like I just love it and I started making these because I had a friend who wanted a scarf but she's like I'm allergic to wool Mm -hmm. and I don't want to wear silk so it needs to be something that looks really cool and is artistic but I can't get a rash from it so that's how I started working with uh, sorry silk cool and it's just kind of been like a cool thing from there Um, let's see what else and then I have this is another one. It's organic Catalan and some Noro yarn.
0: Oh, that is so So, cool.
1: Yeah. These are always really popular. I love this. It's so airy and I feel like a mermaid, like when you wear it. And this is all stuff that still needs to be trimmed up, but
0: (laughs) it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous.
1: Yeah. So, How long does
0: something like that take you to, to make?
1: It depends. Um, you know, there are ways, you know, if you can do like a really long warp, and mm-hmm. you know get it all in the loom at once and like make a couple scarves or you know five or something out of that like that saves a lot of time because if you're working on a big floor loom um just the process of getting everything on to the loom can take yeah. forever um with something like a rigid head loom where you can draft warp it it's like in a half hour you can be ready to go depending on how fast you're working cool. um so with the floor loom like it take it can take a whole day sometimes to get it prepped but once you're going then as long as you can just keep weaving like you can weave. couple things in a day. Cool. So it's just it depends and that the materials because I like to experiment a little bit more with materials Um, you know some of them can be pretty temperamental (laughs) and uh, you know my my ideas are really great but once you try to put them into practice everything can kind of rip apart and fall apart but you know seeing how it goes and experimenting um, can work and it can also you know be me shooting myself in the foot.
0: If someone wanted to like get their feet wet in the world of weaving like just to sort of try out um, and, you know, we're approaching the holidays, so maybe they could like tell someone to go buy stuff. Oh for yeah, yeah. Like, what would be like a nice little entry level, like super basic um, loom and like way to sort of enter in just to sort of try it out?
1: Um, I think that the best thing that I could say is to look at uh, rigid heddle looms. Okay. Um, they're, they're very basic, they're very simple, they're very easy to use, but it's something that as you go along, um, they can be very versatile. So if you try to get like a floor loom where you have like six treadles and all these you know harnesses and ties, that's just gonna be overwhelming, I think. Um, but rigid heddle looms are really easy because you can just make that simple scarf. You can make that simple plain cloth. You can do like the smaller projects like necklaces mm-hmm. or bookmarks, something like that. But then you can also play on that and add to it once you feel comfortable and start doing some of the more intricate patterns. And cool. it's, it's kind of a starter from there. And then get a couple good books. Like libraries are awesome. Right. Because weaving books can be really expensive and they add up. Um, you know, check out all the books you can and see what ones resonate with you and aren't intimidating, and uh just kind of go from there.
0: And then follow you on Instagram for inspiration. And
1: follow me on Instagram. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, like guys, that it's not, it, like for real, everyone. Like I have watched your stuff and I'm like, okay, I am going to weave with the spare. You should
1: weave. Like, You should. Everyone I'm should weave. Following
0: you on Instagram, though. No. <laughs> that's great and like in terms of like inspiration like so um you know are you looking to other designers are you just sort of like pulling from like where are you sort of pulling um your inspiration from to create well
1: a lot of it is you know if you you see something you're like oh well, that's really cool but it's not oh that's really cool i'm gonna make that it's like how can i take that concept and kind of make it my own so you know i don't because it's like they're already making it like why would i want to do the same thing yeah. Like, why would I want to spend my time and not put myself into something? Um, so a lot of it is, you know, like I like this color, and I'm going to see how this works together. A lot of it is I'm very texture-driven. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it is just, you know, well, how is this going to look if I add that in or if I put this material in with that one? And it's much more of a process for me um, because I've always been very much of a process person. I don't set out with, you know, this is what the final project is going to look like. It's not going to follow this exact pattern. That's really rare for me. Um, so it's kind of an experiment to see what works and, you know, what's the feed, like, what's the stuff that I'm actually getting good feedback and what's selling because it's like, I'll have to make the money stuff to afford to buy the yarn so I can make more. Um, but then you want to do stuff that's just on your own too. And, you know, a lot of time working with retailers too is really great because they're like, Hey, you know, we like this that you're doing here, but maybe you could put this different spin on it. Or maybe instead of having just a bracelet, you can make it a necklace too, or maybe you could try doing this in a different format and you get the ideas and the little seeds that grow and before you know it. It's it's a whole new thing that people are really clicking into.
0: Yeah, that was like us with um, our yarn subscription. It was just this one weird little seed and it's just turned into this whole, you know, significant part of our business um, that we have and we're able to just reach out to a huge community. But like you never know, right, where that next little idea, what that next seed could like blossom into.
1: Yeah, well, it's great. No, because it's like a little Instagram post, like connected me with you guys. And it's been yeah. like one of the best relationships. Like I love working with you guys. I guess oh, so thank you. When I get an that email was... or something to do a pattern or something like that? And it's been, it's been wonderful. So it's, you know, you never know where the next thing's going to come from.
0: Yeah, it's true. I always like to wrap up um, every, uh, every show with this. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received?
1: oh well i think something we talked about is you can't get caught up in comparing yourself with others like Mm -hmm. you really do have to be true to yourself and it's a lot easier said than done um and you really do have to be patient with yourself i you know i think a lot of the stuff is the stuff that i try to impart onto my daughters Mm -hmm. like you know don't worry like you know be you be weird be happy being weird and you know just own who you are and and what you do and what you're making and just you know stick with it and you can change yeah. Um, you know, you can evolve. It's a good thing to evolve, but you know, don't get into like, Oh, well, you know, everyone's buying this or they're only selling this and this is what's popular on Instagram and it's getting all the likes because what you're going to do, like I can't talk today. No, you're, you're fine. And what you're doing. Like, I mean, that's you. Like if you're a creator, like you're putting a piece of yourself into it. So why would you want to do something that doesn't resonate with you?
0: Right. Right. I think it's, it's so true. I, I, I think of so many times that lesson has been, right on point in my life. So I, I appreciate that. And hopefully all of our listeners and everyone watching, you know, you can comment on that too if you want, if anyone wants, but, um, this is great. Is there anything else that I've missed about your business that you just want to share with anyone or where can they find you this weekend?
1: Um, I'm going to be, it's a smaller craft show. It's at in West Bloomfield, Michigan called West Acres. Okay. So I'm going to be there. And then I'm also going to be at the tiny expo in Ann Arbor, Michigan on December 8th. Awesome. Um, that's all I have confirmed right now because I'm trying not to <laughs> overcommit to anything. Um, and then I have another new pattern I'm working on for Darn Good Yarn that awesome. should be out like in a couple weeks. And um, yeah, so that's it. Keeping busy.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, um, yeah and we'll put all of your um, your information, your Etsy store, all that good stuff up on um, our post as well. to so share that along. And this was a lot of fun.
1: It was, yeah. I'm so glad we got to sit down and talk.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, so I'm going to finish up here. Um, and if anyone has any uh, questions or anything like that, feel free to reach out to us at info at darngoodyarn.com or reach us on social media. Uh, Instagram is darngoodyarn and Facebook is slash DG yarn. And you can just send us a direct message there or a DM. Um, but that's it, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.